0: You gotta take this-
1: Golden Globes just happened, and you know what that means. It's time for us to talk about the Top 10 TV Shows of 2015. Welcome to Top 10 Thursdays. With us, Sean Levy. John Otney, And Colin Westman. That's right. No Matt Carstens this week. Um, he got called on in class, and he hadn't done the reading, so they made him stand up at the front. And he started to cry and then his pants, and he ran out of the classroom, and no one's seen him since presumed dead don't you love how the golden
0: globes will like do anything to not give an award to a funny person (laughs) like yeah (laughs) oh best comedy let's give it to matt david oh same thing for tv let's give it to gail garcia bernal
2: and then the previous year jeffrey tambor for like one of the most depressing like like that's like this really serious character But it's like the Guy in a dress Whoa <laughs> <laughs> That always blows my mind That Transparent is in the comedy category Because it's like the saddest show that, I mean that's the only reason right? Because Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tambor has mostly like a comedy background Well I
0: think it's also because it's a half hour long And they <sighs> split up the That's hour. such a
2: lame reason <laughs> yeah. yeah Have you guys ever watched uh, Mozart in the Jungle? Nope Nope I watched the first episode and I hated it. <laughs> and I haven't watched any other ones. Maybe it gets better, but I don't know. What's I it didn't... about? It's about, like, uh, like an orchestra in New York. And Gil Garcia Bernal is this eccentric but, like, genius uh, maestro of the orchestra. And it follows some of the people who are, you know, a part of it. But I feel like it's felt like a really niche show. Like, you really have to know about, like, playing music and stuff to, like, appreciate it. Which I don't like. I don't play violin or anything, so I don't like. Oh, that's such a good violin joke. This is great orchestra satire. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. I, I don't know how it won or what the goal. Well, of the I know how is. it won because okay.
0: it, they don't refer to it as best comedy. They refer to it as best comedy or musical, and because uh, it's a show that has lots of music, I'm guessing they considered it a musical. Makes sense because you know there's so many musical shows on television. <laughs> Such a I, feel like one. I guess there I are feel- a few, like Nashville and Smash a few years yeah. ago. I don't know.
2: I feel like with the Gold Globes, too, because they have that musical comedy category, they can, like, not only really a lot of movies are just okay, but they can get more, like, big stars to show up. You know, like, they can have, like, Matt Damon come. I guess it wasn't really a comedy, but, you know, in the past, like, they've gotten, like, Johnny Depp, you know, for being crappy Alice in Wonderland movies to come. <laughs> And I'm sure that's good publicity. Or this year, like Lady Gaga won. Uh, I mean, she's for, what? she's for American Horror Story. What category would that be? Probably like some sort of mini series thing. Isn't American Horror Story on like right now? It's ending. I think tonight is the oh. last episode, or at least whenever we're recording this.
1: Well, so people how will know. Long a lead time do they have on voting though?
2: I don't know it, You know it's not as confusing as the, like, the Grammys Yeah the Grammys yeah, it's where it's like This album came out six years ago
1: <laughs> Will it win? Yeah
2: So We should do something for the Grammys this year <laughs> It'll be funny
0: Like actually listen to music that's
2: nominated I, And talk about it I feel like I heard of, I've heard actually a lot of it this year It'll be interesting Are the nominations out? Yes they are it's like all Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> okay, and that was 2014, right? That that it was. <laughs>
2: but it's like super popular in like 2015, and Adele's. It was like too late into 2015, so it doesn't count.
1: I, if if the show is really going to take place, I guess around now, like in January, I don't understand how they get their calendars so confused. Because <laughs> they're like they're musicians, Sean. They're all like.
2: Shooting
1: up and going to parties. I mean, I, I think that's probably true about Hollywood as well. <laughs> anyway, um, so we've all posted our top tens now on the blog, and the rule is for a show to be nominated for this podcast it had to be on one of our lists, so that gave us 17 shows to choose from for our top ten of 2015. Which is kind of seems like a low number based on how many shows we each watch.
0: I Uh, mean, I pretty much only watched shows that Sean has seen, and mostly John has seen too, which made my list feel not that special.
2: I mean, I try to branch out and watch other shows, but then you get stuff like Mozart in the Jungle. It's just not as good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll give any show at least one episode I should probably give the Americans one episode Because I hear it's really good
1: It is really good, John It was a great season this year uh, With some of the uh, coolest and darkest And most exciting parts of the show uh, So far Um, God, I don't know what to say Without being like, here's the plot of the third season of the show. I think it was the third season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I guess if you've not seen anything, the setup is that they are these uh, Russian sleeper agents who have been taught basically to become Americans. And they're now living in the United States uh, as Americans and constantly doing these covert missions for the, the Russian government uh, in in the 80s I should probably should have led off by the fact that this is in the past it's not some weird modern Russian spies using iPads to do everything show. that's how they'd do it if it was on like CBS right oh totally oh my god the government scenes would just be like giant touch screens with people sliding digital files to each other Um, but instead (laughs) you get the male robot on the Americans, which is just a great, wonderful touch. It's this goofy thing that shows up early in the season uh, and then actually (laughs) develops into a plot point, amazingly enough. Um, but they they, they deal with the incredible toll that being a secret agent takes on these people. Um, especially as Russians who had an extremely hard childhood, who are now living in the decadence of 80s America and trying to raise children in that and dealing with the tension of, like, do they want their kids to follow the kind of path that they went down? Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to, like, spoil the plot, but... Like, remember the scene where they kidnapped that guy, Colin? That was pretty cool.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> remember- like I think I know which one you're talking about, but I feel like they kidnapped multiple people.
1: Yeah. Remember that episode where, like, there's the old person, and it's like, they're gonna have to kill this old person, but they, like, take a really long time to do it? Mm-hmm. That was a really good episode. Yeah. <laughs> That is nice when
0: they have stuff like that, because I guess maybe the thing that kept m- this show off of my list is it does it does feel a little cold sometimes. Oh, because it's extremely, extremely cold. <laughs> characters are uh, very heartless at times, and the show has a very, I don't know, just the look of it is cold. <laughs> but it does a lot of times have those glimpses at, at their humanity, or at least the the dude on the show, Jonathan Rice. He's always torn about stuff. Uh, uh, This was his most torn year. Yeah. It is weird, because I feel like he was torn a lot in the first season, especially the first episode, and then not so much the second season. Then in now he's like, yeah, this sucks, guys. I don't like doing this. And, yeah, the stuff with the family is always, like, my favorite stuff, because it is just so such a bizarre idea that you're like, do I love these people? It's kind of just my job to love these people. But that's kind of true about all families. It's true. Yeah, it's a good show. Still has never managed to crack my top ten just because there's so much good stuff. But yeah, this is a really Mm
1: -hmm. good show that I will continue to watch. Great wigs every
0: week. (laughs) Yeah, can't argue with that Another great wig Is on Better Call Saul Am I right?
2: Yeah, that's probably a hairpiece,
0: right? It's, it's definitely a hairpiece <laughs> If you've seen Bob Odenkirk Doing other stuff
2: This show, I feel like it, It's tough, because it's gotta live forever In the shadow of Breaking Bad and it's hard to go into it without thinking about Breaking Bad. Now, you know, you imagine, like, ridiculous murders and really sinister, dark characters, and there's a little of that, but it's not really that kind of show. I mean, it feels the same, like, tonally. It's just as stylistic. And I think once you can get past the fact that it's never going to get, like... You know, there's never going to be, like, huge shootouts at the cops or anything, you can just kind of, like, enjoy the characters. And just how interesting of a character Saul is. Like I said in my review of this show, this is the first time I've ever been interested in what a lawyer does in a TV show about a lawyer.
1: I didn't and, watch
2: Daredevil. I didn't watch Dare. I mean, <laughs> I, I watched I watched 4 or 5 episodes. That was good. I like I guess I like I like lawyer shows that you know where they take on small cases.
1: Yeah, well and and this show like really took its time to set up this character. I mean, it it's it doesn't get really Breaking Bad like until the end of the season, at least in my opinion. I mean, it's it's to the point where our character is called Jimmy; he's not called Saul yet at all, right? I don't I don't not remember yet. that happening. Not
2: not the whole
1: season, I don't think. Um, and and so it was kind of just the joy of watching a uh, scrappy, maybe not totally scrupulous lawyer try to eke a living out over the course of one season until uh, he eventually makes a choice that will kind of set him down the path that we uh, well we know how it ends up because I guess the show does start with the uh, Saul in the, in the present scene uh, but it, it was a lot of fun to watch and of course the, uh, the, the highlight of the season for me was the uh, the Mike's backstory episode uh, which was a total change of pace from the show, which had been focused on Jimmy up to that point. And we've seen a little of Jonathan Banks' as Mike from Breaking Bad working as his parking attendant. Uh, and then they finally delve into his uh, backstory as a cop and how he ended up um, in New Mexico and and everything that you kind of want to know about this character throughout all of Breaking Bad. Which, again, like maybe that's not something you... Should have gotten Because he was such a cool character in Breaking Bad That you don't necessarily want to Take the mystery away But they did it in such a badass way I was all about it
2: I like that scene where Instead of bringing a gun He just has a sandwich (laughs) It's like doing a job I don't remember what episode that was But that was my favorite Mike scene Yeah, yeah, that's great Um, Those great character moments it's kind of interesting because you don't know how like many seasons they're gonna do or how fast they're gonna take things, but they're really taking their time from become Saul, so it is interesting to see. Like that's something to look forward to, definitely. And then if like are they ever gonna flash ahead again to you know, where he is after Breaking Bad? Like that intrigues me as well, so you know, there's stuff to lead up to, even if it is a prequel.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to see how much uh of the characters we saw this season are in the next season. Like, they kind of shoehorned uh, Tuco in in this season. I don't know if I want to see him anymore. Um, But also, they focused on the law firm a lot and all of his sort of co-workers there, uh, including Jimmy's brother, Chuck, played by Michael McKean, who has this crazy... uh, Like allergy to electricity uh, which I mean that's just a great device uh, in a show to to give you this excuse to have this big dark mansion and a guy in a space blanket and like all these great visuals throughout the season Uh, I don't know how much of him we're going to see anymore he's not in Breaking Bad yeah I don't know. Gotta wonder.
2: Will we see young Jesse?
1: <gasps> young Jesse. Played by old Jesse. <laughs> Played by old Jesse.
0: Just be like, get out of the way, bitch.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope it doesn't go for too long. I feel like this show could do a solid like three, four seasons.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty content with that. Which, I mean, Breaking Bad was only, what, 5 so Mm-hmm. Just do Breaking Bad again. we will be good. Yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, another one that sounds good to me is Broad City. All right. Now comes the part where I try to slowly recall
2: which episodes were in the last season.
1: <laughs> uh, the most important episode, of course, is the, uh, the search for the ultimate... Uh, bar slash party or at least for me that was the absolute highlight as the characters get increasingly drunk throughout the night uh, until Abby transcends drunkenness and becomes this like 20's I, I don't even know how to describe Val, the character she she plays at the end of the episode it's like a lounge singer Yeah <laughs> From the 20s <laughs> From the 20s <laughs>
2: uh, Nuts I mean for me it was all about Kirk Steele <laughs> Yeah that's a good the, one The Trey character being expanded upon, And how much he likes Zach Braff stuff was this the same one where they went to? He had a party. It was really lame. Or was that last season? Like he had a party where everyone was wearing like bicycle, like suits, like those costumes <laughs> that you wear when you're like riding a bike. The and they had like cliffs, like a bag cliff,
1: of cliff bars.
2: And they're gonna watch uh, like Celebrity Apprentice All Stars. <laughs> it's like because we all kind of like know someone like that, or like you can definitely imagine someone like that being alive that's the thing about broad city like it feels it feels fairly relatable i mean it'll go like in ridiculous directions sometimes like with that singer thing you're talking about for them but for the most part it stayed relatively grounded and that these are just like you know scrappy 20 somethings living in new york and get into funny situations I just wish I could remember it better Because it seems like so long ago It was one of those it, it like, January shows
0: The first episode of the last season aired You know, tomorrow But a year ago January 14th, 2015
1: Ah, so the day this podcast is coming out uh-huh. <laughs> that's it's, it's a comedy show that's funny Like, what do you want? <laughs> So I can tell you what I want. What I want is Daredevil. Because in a year when the, the Marvel movies were like a little, little disappointing, I was fine with them, but a lot of people were disappointed. Um, there were also four Marvel TV shows on, uh, three of which were good. I think my favorite was Daredevil, though, uh, because it's the one that has Mystical Ninjas in it. Um... And lawyer stuff, It's so all is good. All Combo, yeah. Uh, so
2: Ali McBeal was supposed to be. needed more ninjas. <laughs> so many more ninjas. It did have Robert Danny Jr., but he wasn't Iron Man in it.
1: Well, I think we all see the problem there. Um, yeah, Daredevil's first season uh, as a Netflix show like didn't feel. Beholden to any sort of agenda. I mean, even as a Marvel show, it didn't try very hard to be part of the Marvel Universe. All, like, all they did were, uh, talk a few times about that thing that happened in New York, referring to giant aliens pouring out of the sky and <laughs> destroying Manhattan. Um, it instead just focuses on, um, this blind lawyer and his friend setting up a law firm, and then at night, that same guy dresses up in a costume, and beats the shit out of people, and gets the shit beaten out of him. I feel like that's the real strength of Daredevil versus Jessica Jones, which might be a better written show, is that Daredevil has some like really great fight choreography that keeps every episode interesting. Um, there's there's one episode where he breaks into this like evil gang apartment and just beats the shit out of like 50 dudes in one long uh, continuous shot uh, which people are like this is like as good as old boy which isn't true that's overstating it but like it's a Netflix TV show and it is favorably drawing that kind of comparison so must be doing something right
2: Agreed. Just happens to finish it.
1: Scott Glenn's in it? Oh, yeah. What's he doing? He plays... Um, so, they're drawing from uh, the, the Frank Miller Daredevil stuff. Uh, which was which all This is the best stuff. Which is... Okay. I That's... Yeah, that's the only stuff I've read, so...
2: That's why it's
1: the best stuff. <laughs> um... But that stuff is also very similar to, or was parodied by, um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And so, you know, the evil ninjas in this are called the Hand in Ninja Turtles, they were the the Foot Clan, um, and Daredevil's master here is Scott Glenn, Stick, which of course becomes Splinter in Ninja Turtles, uh, but, uh... Scott Glenn doesn't come on to go, oh I made a funny. He uh <laughs> unfortunately. But does he make a funny? Not intentionally. He's mostly just being an incredible asshole. But he makes an accidental funny. I, I think he probably does. I don't remember an accidental funny, but I'm not gonna rule it out. He kills a kid. And he's like, ha. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Whoops. I made a funny. <laughs> Also, um, it was nice to watch a Marvel thing that had a really good villain, because most Marvel things do not have good villains, including Age of Ultron.
2: You don't like Ultron?
1: I liked Ultron until the later part in the movie, when they were killing millions of Ultrons, and he ah. was just like, I'm going to make jokes now. There was just so much going
2: on, Shot. Somebody had to light the mood. <laughs> <laughs> But I agree, Vincent Dan now as Kingpin is great. He's so sensitive. He's so but sensitive. Also incredibly scary.
0: What do you mean by sensitive? Like emotionally? He's like,
2: yeah, like emotionally. Or is like, he get, you
1: know? does he bleed easily?
2: He's just looking for love in all the wrong places, you know? Aww.
1: Yeah, also, maybe the best love story in one of these Marvel things is Kingpin and a lady whose name I don't remember but she runs an art gallery there are other good villains in it too there's like an evil asian lady uh... who has mystical powers probably uh... there's like an old white dude who's like rich so like you know he's bad there's like some russian brothers who like you know those guys are hot-headed there's an asian guy who turns out to be a ninja (laughs) Sounds like there are a lot of stereotypes on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's based off a of Frank Miller comic. Of course there are stereotypes. Okay. <laughs>
2: it's funny that everything about this it doesn't seem like it should work, but it does. I don't know how. It just good just good writing. It's just I feel like I think there's so many shows that have tried to do similar things and just totally fallen flat. But there's just something about I don't know if it's because like of the showrunners or or what. It, like, Drew Goddard isn't he the showrunner?
1: I'm sure. I don't know. He's like a he's like a pro. Okay.
2: Or Joss Whedon a lot.
1: The uh, the actors are good too. I Like uh, Charlie Cox from Stardust. Remember Stardust? No, that's okay. I do. I've seen it. <laughs>
0: I Robert De Niro I feel like that was like one of your very first movie reviews On the block It was Um So
1: I remember it And uh Yeah season 2 is coming up It's got a Punisher in it That'll be sweet Or terrible I don't know
2: How connected is this to Jessica Jones
1: There's is one it? character Who appears briefly in Jessica Jones who is also a Daredevil?
2: Because I wanted to watch Jessica Jones, but I was like, we gotta see Daredevil first. And I'm like, do we?
1: No. I think they actually take place at the same time.
2: Uh, so I could have been watching it. Yeah. This is all leading up to the Defenders TV show. Yeah! I don't know what that's gonna be, because in the comics, it looks like a very different lineup than what they're probably going for in the TV uh, version. Because in the comics, it was like Hulk and Submariner and Doctor Strange and Silver Surfer. I don't think it's going to be them on a TV show <laughs> as much as I'd love to see that. It's probably going to be what? Like Daredevil and like Luke Cage? Isn't he getting a show? Yeah,
1: and Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Big controversy right now is are they going to cast an Asian guy or a white guy as Iron Fist? Because Iron Fist is a white guy in the comics. But, like, he's a ninja. <laughs>
0: But it's mm-hmm. like, is that racist?
1: I think no matter what, it's going to be racist. Okay. Don't, there are, like, least. zero Asian
0: superheroes. And most of them that there are are ninjas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Man, Iron Fist. Is he going to wear that hilarious costume?
0: What's his costume?
2: I mean, he kind of looks like a Las Vegas magician but with like a yellow bandana and his shirt is like like ripped open and is like he's super ripped and has like a weird black dragon tattoo on his chest
0: i feel like they usually don't go with like the costume designs where like (laughs) their shirts are ripped open (laughs) because no person can be like that ripped as as a comic book character
1: um, well, I think Black Adam, as played by The Rock, better have his shirt ripped though. Sure, but that's like the one guy that's like <laughs> comic book
0: ripped in real life.
2: Colin, you should definitely look up Iron Fist. I think you'll like what you see. Uh, Colin,
1: I think you should wait until that's out on Netflix and watch that whole show. Um, but yeah, I think probably a lot of people are going to say Jessica Jones was the best... Uh, but I just have some like beef with Jessica Jones, where a lot of people are like it's Mar- finally Marvel has a good female hero. And I'm like, fuck you guys, Agent Carter. Why does anyone give a shit? So I go with Daredevil because it was on network TV show.
0: No one has that anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, so you know that makes me think of a time when people did have network TV, and that was like all they had. Mm -hmm. Thinking, like, the late 70s. Like, when the new Fargo season is set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Fargo's really good.
1: Right? But why? Uh...
0: I mean, I don't know. The thing I talked about was in my top ten was just like, it's, it's, it's a show where you you don't know what's happening next with each episode. I was always looking forward to what they were going to do week to week, which is not a phenomenon I get to experience as often because the show, it, uh, it really takes advantage of the fact that it's only one season and it plays around <laughs> with the narrative a lot, which it has the freedom to
1: do because you know there's a there's a finality to what they're doing of course they didn't really care about like the limitations of an episode because they would often go like an extra half an hour longer it's true
0: <laughs> yeah it it definitely felt like you're watching a movie every week cuz it was like a an hour and a half long and the show just kind of looks more cinematic and feels more cinematic than
1: most most shows do it even gets away with that weird split screen thing it was doing this year, which
0: yeah, that could have been annoying, but it was like you know they're they're doing
1: a thing, <laughs> yeah, it's weird how something that would be like weird and lame if they did it once becomes like an awesome gimmick by just just by sheer repetition,
0: yeah. I don't know. It just it kind of felt appropriate for the whole '70s vibe. Just a sort of hokey
1: throwback editing technique. Uh, but yeah, I think the the fun of Fargo is uh, kind of like the fun of like a Game of Thrones, where you you just can see these characters making exactly the wrong decision and you're like oh how is this gonna fuck things up it's it's not gonna be good it's not gonna end up well Mm -hmm. Um, and then they usually subvert your expectations for exactly how this will go wrong like a guy will basically get a hit set on himself and then somehow kill the hitmen that come to kill him and you're like well what the fuck now what (laughs) happens? I feel like it did do a
0: thing where it kind of just, like, the timeline of it just stopped. And then it kind of went back for a couple episodes and showed what the other characters were up to while all this other stuff that we had just seen (laughs) had unfolded. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was just a phone call to connect the two so you knew that they were happening concurrently. Mm Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, great cast too. I mean, well, I mean, the first season had a pretty great cast.
0: Yeah, but those are guys who are
1: like still doing movies. Like, I don't know if anyone is really like, oh shit, Ted Danson for real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we all like Ted Danson, Uh, but Um, it's good to see Kirsten Dunst is more of the surprise. Yeah, she's so good. Yeah, I don't know like anything about her career in a long time. I did not see Melancholia. I I know that was supposed to be good. Jesse Plemons. Put on the pounds. Good for him. Still not sure that he had to.
2: (laughs) That's always sad when you're not sure. Well, Like, whenever there's, like, posts on the internet, it's like, is Kevin James gaining weight for grown-ups, too? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I don't think so. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like he did put it on for the role. It's just like, did that character have to be fat? I mean, I guess he does, like, he's like a butcher. He's around meat all the time. Makes sense that yeah. <laughs> he'd be kind of fat.
1: I, I mean, it gives him a different presence. I mean, you remember him from... Breaking Bad, probably, but what I still kind of I think guess of him it, from Friday Night Lights and Battleship.
0: Yeah, I guess it, it makes him more of an unlikely criminal. That he's this schlubby, fat guy. It's never really stood up to anyone in his life.
1: Never really thought about his life. Yeah, <laughs> just going along, cutting up meat and chomping on meat, putting on also. <laughs> Put on the pounds. Also, if Nick Offerman is going to spend his post Parks and Rec time doing stuff like what he did on this show, I'll be pretty happy with that. <laughs> <It's> pretty awesome. He's <laughs> only like three seeds, but he's fun to watch. Another show that's fun to watch Game of Thrones.
2: What was so weird about this season of Game of Thrones is I was like, this is the worst season of Game of Thrones <laughs> until, like, episode eight and i'm like oh my god this is like one of the best episodes i've ever seen and that's hard home and then the last uh you know two episodes after that were also really good so like totally saved it i don't know what the hell was going on with the rest of the season i don't know if it's because they're at this weird point where they're writing a very fine line of like what's actually in the books at this point and what they're just kind of making up or or you know like there's probably going off of, like, some George R. Martin, like, outlines. So maybe that's making the show a little, like... It's kind of lost some direction, but... It could still be really good sometimes. Um, it can still be really bad. Like, there's that one episode with the, the sexual assault that everyone talks about. And that was really uncomfortable and bad episode. And then, what were they called? The Sand Snakes? Yeah. Remember them, Sean? They were really lame. They were supposed to be really cool. They're like these female warriors but then they're like just really cheesy and they're just like "Oh, but you want to sleep with me huh yeah check out my tits it's like this isn't no this isn't what I was hoping for
1: <laughs> where, this, this should be like Xena there's like literally a scene where one of the girls like poisons some gun mm-hmm. and and she's like I bet you want the antidote don't you but check out my tits <laughs>
2: that was so bad that is that is that is pretty much how that scene goes <laughs>
1: Um, I guess because a lot of the cast has been around for a while and then they can be like, I don't want to get naked anymore. They have to add new characters in that can get naked.
2: Yeah. But thank God for, for Hard Home, which is just like a huge battle episode. Just like the Night Swatch and those, like, what are those weird hill people called? The Wildlings? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Yeah. And they fight the white walkers which are like this basically this undead army and it's and they're fighting this snowy mountain area and it's so cool like this is definitely a show i feel like that really, like like it, there's a lot of money into it and it shows like it, it doesn't the cgi like looks actually looks good unlike you know some other shows like walking dead when like when walking dead has cgi it looks like the worst thing you've ever seen maybe it looks different now i don't know i don't watch anymore but i mean this show is just like on such an epic scale and i feel like they do, do a great job taking advantage of that every every week or at least man. most
1: weeks well wow, man the, the last shot of that episode uh when they're just kind of staring at each other and slowly sailing away and there's like no music that's that's maybe the coolest part of the whole series so far it's so scary
2: and then, of course, like you were mentioning earlier, how this is one of the shows where you'd be like, you don't really know what's going to happen to certain characters and like what path. You, paths are you going can just down. tell
1: that they're fucking it up.
2: Yeah, and then like, of course, this whole season ended on a moment where Everyone's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> um, in regards to Jon Snow, who's just like the greatest guy. He's like the be- like the the nicest guy on the show, and we don't really know what's, gonna ha- what's, what's going on with him.
1: But uh, like. That happened, but that there's also, like... Look at where Tyrion is now. Isn't that going to be sweet, to see how that plays out? Look at what Daenerys did. Daenerys is finally in a position where her story could be interesting. It's taken us years and years, but maybe there's a chance. Um, The whole Stannis plot... I don't know where that's going to go anymore. Or if it can even still go. And It's... Uh, a lot of good cliffhangers, and I'm sure that that has book fans really freaking out, because there is no <laughs> book, and the TV show's going to... It's just going. Yep. Gonna figure this shit out, I guess.
2: I mean, I know that the guys behind the show talk to George R. R. Martin all the time. They know how it's supposed to end. They know certain things that nobody else knows, so they, they kind of have an idea of the direction, but I, they don't have a lot of the details, so... How many more, like, filler seasons are they going to have to make until there's a new a new book? Was that last season mostly, like, a filler season?
1: Yeah, as far as I know, they were just kind of eking out the very last few details that they had.
2: So then this next season is like, I mean, a, probably, I guess a, a few other, like, small details. Because isn't one of, like... Are there certain books that don't have certain characters, or, like, cut out big chunks, or...
1: Yeah, but uh, they've pretty much done that. As far as I know... Your main characters are either at their last point or past it now. Like, unless they just focus on different characters this season, it's going to be new stuff. Yeah.
2: I guess we'll just get, like, a lot of Bran this season because he wasn't even in the last season.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I know this. Well, they, there's things to look you for. You know, taking him out for a season will make it seem more normal when he comes back and he's. You know, seven feet tall now Because Jesus Christ, that kid grew like six feet every year He's supposed to be like
2: twelve And he's like six feet tall now (laughs) People are aging too fast
1: Although uh, I turned on the most recent episode of Modern Family And Little Boy on that is also like six (laughs) feet tall now It's really scary I don't know why that keeps happening It's called puberty Another thing Well stop it another thing that I wish would stop happening is great shows getting cancelled because man you guys Hannibal was so sweet this season like probably not as good as last season but pretty close and now it's done and there's not going to be any more because like the ratings are like yeah six people watched Hannibal this week were you one of them yeah mm-hmm. I must feel good <laughs> Not really? No. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that. I was telling everyone I knew, "Hey, there's this show Hannibal, you should probably watch it." And I was like, eh, "Yeah, maybe." <laughs> and uh, like I can't blame NBC because they're <laughs> the ratings were abysmal. Uh and and when the show got canceled, Brian Fuller was like, "Don't worry, guys, going to go to Hulu, Netflix, whatever, get this shit done." And then none of that worked out because of, like, weird contract issues. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I assume NBC. Who, who's there, to, like,
1: who are some of the companies they work with? Like, are they, like, Hulu or something? See, it's weird because I would associate them with Hulu, but then there's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was going to be an NBC show, and then NBC's like, eh, just put it on Netflix Oh yeah, for this, some this stuff reason. stuff is confusing. Um, And then the, the NBC also has CISO now, although I don't think that's necessarily where Hannibal belongs. Um, so this one I think covered two books worth of material. Although I'm not sure what the first book was off the top of my head. But it's just it's uh it's because it, it's all is building off of what happened at the end of the last season. Which if you remember me talking about the show last year was like the most bloody season finale I'd ever seen where just like every single character of the show basically had their stomach ripped open and just all the blood in their body poured out and you're like is anyone gonna be alive next year? I don't know.
2: Say uh, say like Jackie Mason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some people did survive it turned out. Um, they were all changed uh, having realized that Hannibal is uh, serial killer, and also having almost died, um, and so they're all hunting him for their own specific reasons, and it all culminates at the mid-season finale, only halfway through, uh, and then some crazier shit happens than you could see coming, uh, and then it switches over back to America, and we get the Red Dragon stuff, which, um, they got Richard Armitage, the uh, the main dwarf from the Hobbit, the Hobbit movies, yeah. uh, to play just the spookiest dude you'll ever see. Like he's so different from Hannibal because this is just a guy who has this intense power to him. He's he's like he's she's shown on the show like basically having super strength. Um because he's just obsessed with this painting of I guess Satan <laughs> called the Red Dragon. Uh, and he just wants to become the Red Dragon. It's a it's a split personality thing. Uh, but it's super creepy and it's it's really fun. And uh it sounds like they wanted to do Silence of the Lambs next, but guess not. I'm sure they would add a really cool Clarice, but instead the show will just go down as one of the all-time great bromances as uh <laughs> in the end will and hannibal really fall for each other yeah i heard about that anyway if you like um the grotesque and art house style filmmaking and stabbings you should check out hannibal <laughs> oh i love
0: stabbings
1: yeah and they're never Justified. Well, sometimes they are.
0: <laughs> Did anyone die by stabbings? Unjustified. Mm,
1: it was hard to kill people even by shootings. Unjustified. Well, I feel like that's mostly how people died.
0: Is either shootings <laughs> or explodings would occasionally happen. Yeah.
1: Well, the <laughs> explodings are great.
0: They were always great. That well deserved. <laughs> because you didn't expect them. Because you never expect someone to explode. <laughs> it was a pretty good one this last season. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's what I liked about this last season it, it kind of started off a little slow. Because I, I saw that they were trying to do an arc where Raylan finally gives up his. Whole shtick of being a dick that doesn't listen to anyone and just plays by his own rules. And he. he I guess he didn't really shoot that many people even in this final season,
1: but. You know. He, he never learned to play by other people's rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He kind of just quit. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I can't really listen to anybody, so I'm out. <laughs> like, I feel like the penultimate episode was him basically going, look. A few of you guys have always been in my corner, and fuck you, I'm I'm not doing what you want me to do. Uh,
0: that's true. I guess he didn't grow that much. It was just like no one would let him do <laughs> do it the way that he wanted to, and that's just that was just a fun character to watch. Uh, yeah. Some fun villains this season two with uh Sam Elliott. Sam
1: Elliott. Smelliot. Smelliot. No mustache. No mustache. He's got a paralyzed lip. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> but he was still cool. He was real cool. He was like, I'm an old man. And that Garrett
0: Dillahunt guy was on it, where you're like, This seems like <laughs> a guy who should have been on Justified already. Like what took him so long? <laughs> Yeah, to grow that beard—it's true. He had a pretty. His epic face is beard. swallowed up in beard. God, that was a. <laughs> it was more beard than man. And uh... yeah, it was good.
1: It's good.
0: Had a nice little final scene between Boyd Crowder, uh, Walton
1: Goggins' character, and and Raylan. It was nice. I liked it. Still never felt like Ava was a good part of the show. Yeah.
0: But it was kinda nice <laughs> to have this character that kinda tied Boyd and Raylan together. Just just, just a reminder. But yeah, none of the storylines they cooked up for were great. Mad Men also ended this year.
1: (laughs) Like, uh, pretty much all my favorite shows, it seemed like. Did it deserve to end this year, or should it have ended the year before? I mean, it probably would have been more satisfying if it ended the year before. This whole season was set in 1970, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. It's fucked up, man. Why is that fucked up? Because I feel like a lot of people are like, I bet the show ends New Year's Eve, end of 1969. I
2: mean, it's not like that 70s show where (laughs) it has to be the decade. Specific decade.
0: Because it wasn't called 60s, Men in case you guys didn't know that that was the implication right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I, know. I feel like the 70s is a good end point though because i feel like that's definitely when like you know the 60s died the spirit of the 60s i mean obviously because of the year but also stuff like altamont i don't think they went into that but you know times were changing man mm-hmm. it had to end even though i could totally imagine Mad Men have gone going on for like another 30 years and still remaining as consistent (laughs) and somehow Matthew Weiner still writes or co-writes like every episode Mm -hmm. it's just one of those shows where I feel like I was just always good Mm -hmm. I think they just had the characters down and it never got too crazy, it very well could have got, I mean there's some shocking stuff that happened but it never like went like like it's not like someone turned out to be like killed by the Manson family. Like there's rumors like <laughs> Megan was going to get killed by the Manson family, which is some fucked up weird alternate history that I don't think they needed to explore.
0: Yeah, you know, that was just the thing that show did pretty well was not overemphasizing the time period stuff. I mean, of course there were episodes where it would acknowledge stuff that was going on in the world, but it wasn't like.
2: It's not like that stupid Aquarius show, yeah. with David Duchovny, where he's like trying to stop Charles Manson, <laughs> and just you know, nonstop '60s music and like peace, man.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's like how you know how you guys sometimes you and I are talking, and I'll be like, you know, guys, it's just 2016. Let me get out my iPad and look up some. <laughs> Of the lyrics to Hotline Bling. And I'll just say things like that. <laughs> on, on Reddit.
0: On
2: Reddit. While doing a Snapchat. <laughs> so you're Snapchatting yourself on your iPad looking up the lyrics to Drake. You
1: got two and screens um,
2: out at this point. <laughs> And you're also
1: Redditing or something. The lyrics are Redditing on about <laughs> Reddit.
0: The lyrics are on
1: Reddit. You know, it's just how we talk, it's and just how is, we live now. Yeah. <laughs> i am i guess segueing us into master of none unless you guys want to talk about mad mad more r.i.p r.i.p yeah r.i.p it was really short i guess that's we'll get into that when it gets to list cutting it was very mm-hmm. short uh but master of none is all about living in 2015
2: Oh yeah, like that scene where they're sitting around um, Eric Wareheim and Aziz Zanzeri trying to pick a place to eat, and they're looking at all the reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time do we waste trying to find somewhere to eat? It's like these weird, like first world problems. Mm-hmm. And I think it does a great job of exploring that. But also, like the serious stuff, like how scary it is to be a woman in New York at like <coughs> night. Like there's that great like sequence in that episode where they go back and forth and like Eric Raheim and Zunzeri just having like a nice casual stroll that other woman like they're playing the music from Halloween <laughs> there's like, a guy who's like chasing her down and tries to break into her apartment and, like that's funny but like it's kind of scary like it's also kind of true you know it's so.
0: hella it true it's just something we never think about as men like just the idea of like just <laughs> walking to your car at night and like having to be worried about you know creepy guys
2: Yeah. Well. You know, I think it does a great job touching on those kind of issues. And then, of course, a great job. There's, like, a whole episode that's just exploring, like, Aziz and Zeri, like, trying to get auditions and acting as, like, an Indian, uh, you know, American. Yeah, it was
0: That you know, was nice, too, just because, like, the racial conversation in America is always just there's black people and there's white people and they can't get mm-hmm. along. But, you know, there's a lot of other races in America that don't quite fit in. <laughs> Like, like Indians or you know, there's this Asian friend too, which, you know, those those are the races that we deal with in a place like Seattle more often. Love more Asians and Indian people, I mean, it's, it's, and it's it's that, a subtle thing, but there yeah. there are differences, and this show deals with that kind Gosh, of stuff.
2: Remember gracefully. that episode open with with that montage of all the Indian stereotypes of television. It had that Ashen Kutcher thing. Do you guys remember seeing that? like back when it was on that that pop was a pop chips commercial where ash coach was playing no, I, didn't I feel like that i would never heard about I didn't this till this either. year and it was like the most racist horrible thing like ever it's like how is this not a big deal yeah. you know it, it, i mean i because guess it's, it's okay gotta... to be
1: racist against asian people still for some reason yeah. like it happens all the time mm. remember that eddie murphy movie you don't even know which one I'm talking about because he does it all the time.
2: <laughs> Gosh, yeah. I mean they do a great job of addressing, you know, those kinds of issues. And then like, all sorts of stuff. Like there's that time when you had to watch those kids and they were super fucking annoying. Or I'd deal with like old people and I had to feel like I had to act a certain way. And that old man really likes watching twins.
1: <laughs> I mean that's the topical nature of the show is, is what I liked about it the most. Like, every single episode is presented as if it were, a, like, a movie, pretty much. Even though they're only half an hour long episodes. And it's it, it feels like it's very much like, I'm going to tackle what it's like having a child versus what it's like not having a child in this episode. Or what it's like being a woman. Or what it's like being Indian. Or what it's like to go on, like, a really weird first date where you go to... Where was it? New Orleans? Nashville. Nashville
0: but at the same time it isn't like I'm going to tackle this subject head on it's more just like I'm going to tell a story about this one particular thing
1: Do you don't think so I, to me I kind of you felt think like they're attacking it. it Not well maybe attacking is a bit heavy but I, I feel like they were they kind of bent over backwards like this is going to be the episode where we handle this issue sure like and that's and that's fine. Like they 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 introduced that romance in one episode, and then later on, it was like a year into that relationship. And another show would have focused on building those characters and building that relationship, but that wasn't what Aziz Ansari wanted to do. He wanted to do one episode about a weird first date and one episode about you know what it's like to live with someone and like how the The fun spark of an early romance can turn into the petty arguments of a lasting relationship and that that's fine this is a different approach
2: mm-hmm. it's kind of like a younger, more structured louis, <laughs> not quite because louis' more more vignettes but it, 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 you know it felt sort of similar to me in at times um I, I like his parents, too. Yeah. Great addition.
1: Especially his dad. He's,
2: oh, yeah. I was messing around on his iPad.
1: He's great. Messing around his and iPad. Me. 2015,
2: man. <laughs> and I like the core cast, and I feel like it looks really good. It's got great music. It's very, you know, stylish. Um, you can tell that Aziz and Zeri is probably a big film buff. It feels very cinematic at times. Um and I'm just really excited for more of it. It was just a great surprise, because I, I didn't really have any expectations. I mean, I like Aziz and Zeri. I really loved his book. It uh, came out um, last year, and I've always liked him on Parks and Rec. So I'm glad that he's got his own show and his own kind of just space to create. Because he's a great comic mind. Will there be a second season? I hope so. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I don't know why there wouldn't be. I feel like everyone... Like, liked it. I, I, I didn't know it was supposed to be like a one-off thing. So now you got me worried. Uh, I
1: don't know anything at all. <laughs> um. And ignorance is, of course, a huge factor on Nathan For You. <laughs> a show about the desperation of Americans, I guess. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it's just
0: like. I feel like a, l- a lot of times he'll go to businesses and the manager's like, Yeah, okay, you can do that. Like there's that one <laughs> Like where the he, sports store. Yeah, where he goes one. to the sporting goods store and the guy's just like on his phone. Because <laughs> like there's cameras yeah, he's all around. He's being them. filmed for TV. <laughs> he's like, Can't be bothered to pay attention <laughs> to Th- him. This is more important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do in 2015, baby on those phones um i wonder if that's kind of stuff if nathan is totally in character as this awkward guy the whole time if he never breaks for a second and so they're like is this even a real show
2: (laughs) i feel like the closest i've ever seen nathan to breaking was in the i guess that was the, uh, the first season whatever that episode where the people had to um Like they'd get free gas if they like climbed a mountain Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like He's talking to the gas station attendant At the end of the episode And he's talking about drinking his like The pee of a young boy And he's like what what, what?" (laughs) I feel like that totally came out of my field uh, the stunts of this season were pretty good. I was a little disappointed because I didn't hear about any of them before the show happened, <laughs> so I knew there wasn't anything really big in it. But there was still some stuff that surprised yeah, me. It, like, it turned out there were
1: some pretty big ones, the, the like
2: the movement, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> like this this uh, him grooming this guy to be this fake like uh, fitness guru guy, and he was on all these on all these news shows and stuff saying that like, oh, I was Steve Jobs' best friend, and I like. Help these like jungle children, and they were killed by baboons. <laughs> like, how did I not hear about this? It was every just like, okay, yeah, this is just mm-hmm. this is just the news. Like, that was a great episode, and I, I got that book, and it's hilarious. It's so horrible. And I, one thing they didn't hit on in the episode has illustrations in it that are terrible, <laughs> little stick figure things. Because he got this ghostwriter to do a, a fake fitness book. I love um, that scene
0: where he's like, can you just, like, give me a really good sentence to that writer guy? And he just, like, comes up with something It's like, pretty pretty good. It's like, I wouldn't be able to do that.
2: I mean, I don't know if it was pretty good. It was, it was just a funny... It was just, it was weird, like yeah, it was just right.
0: weird that he did it.
2: Uh, I think some of my other favorite stunts, definitely when he's helping the guy who has the TV store and uh, is trying to do... Uh, compete with how Best Buy can match prices on TVs. So, he says, "Oh, like um our TVs are a dollar." And you know, people see this, but then they have to be in black tie <laughs> and they have to like crawl through like a tunnel and then go through a room with an alligator. <laughs> and no one can do it. And then he's contemplating like suing Best Buy. Like that was great. And then my but I think my favorite bit of the whole season was um, one of my favorite recurring people on the show is that old man who plays Santa Claus. Uh, he gets him to play like a former like astronaut who's talking to this kid who wants to be an astronaut and be like, my family died in space. <laughs> I stuck the board and they all died. Talk about how horrible it is to be in space. Yeah,
0: just one, I remember there's just one line where
1: he goes, my life is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing this because... He has got his parents to sign a contract that someday when the kid becomes an all-star soccer player, he will endorse this local sporting goods store. And so he's got to keep this kid focused on like his soccer dreams.
2: Yeah. And he knows he's going to be good because he had those projected images of what they oh, look like as an adult. <laughs> this him. This show finds the weirdest people. He finds this guy to do these photoshops of like what these kids look like as adults and he just takes the kids' faces and like pastes them over adult
1: bodies. Including taking a little boy and putting it on a little girl's body.
2: (laughs) Like and I'm sure they like knew this guy was gonna be that bad, so they do a great job of just finding the weirdest people Uh, and then putting them on television. Also like
0: they brought back my favorite character, the private eye, who's always just like a total Dick to Nathan But this season like We found out that like he'd maybe done Porn like when he was yeah. younger He's like it wasn't porn and, like, Nathan like just like Keeps Badgering him about it and, like, He's like yo I guess it was porn Eventually
2: And they talk about it for hours too <laughs> On a string of yeah <laughs> Because they're trying to make sure that, that Jack Garabino guy isn't working out at the gym. But they, you know, also, they saw that by making him wear a disguise.
0: Yeah, he always has like, his wig, his beard. Looks like
2: Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> um, I think the only reason it wasn't super high on my list is I do remember some, like... There's always a couple stunts that are pretty forgettable. I mean, we're recalling some good ones, but there's definitely ones that... Are very one note, like, there's that sex chamber thing, and that was, like, funny, but that couldn't, like, go anywhere. Like, you can't really stretch that joke. There's certain jokes that they do that it's, like, this is good for maybe about three minutes' worth of material. You know, but every once in a while they get lucky, like, oh, you can actually fill a whole episode with this. Oh, yeah, you can actually put a
1: morally obese guy on a horse with a bunch of balloons.
2: (laughs) So, it'll always be kind of random like that. I think it takes like a a season that has like one amazing episode. And there was a couple amazing moments sprinkled throughout.
1: Just like the latest season of Parks and Rec, also the lastest season of Parks and Rec.
2: I feel like it ended like three years ago. Uh,
1: That's because it was set in the far-flung future. And everyone knows the further something's set, the farther back it feels like when you watched it. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) That's new to me.
0: So if you watch a movie that's set like a thousand years in the future,
1: you'll end but like up, you'll end yeah, up like, watching it,
0: and you'll be like, "Wait, did
1: I watch that ten years ago?" <laughs> yeah, you're gonna walk out of the theater going like, "Shit, I saw it maybe like a decade ago." <laughs> like for real, I feel like I saw the movie The Time Machine, the Orlando Jones Time Machine, like. A hundred years ago, like well before I was born, did I see that movie?
2: It's because you had to watch so much time pass that you feel like you lost all this time. There's just so much time. Get so it. Much. it? Makes sense. It, it added extra time onto your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, bef- or before your Pre-life. life. I don't even. <laughs> now, guys, I never saw all of the last season of Parks and Rec because I didn't really like it. The couple episodes I did see, is it did it get pretty good? Like. I mean, how was it as a whole?
0: I feel like it did. I I think my memory of it, which, yeah, it was was like a year ago. I feel like maybe the first couple episodes maybe weren't great because it was all about how Ron and Leslie were enemies, and you're just like, well, they're not going to keep them enemies for this whole season, and they didn't. It was just like the first few episodes, and they got back together, and fun stuff happened. I feel like you should at least watch, they do like an entire episode of like Andy's Johnny Karate variety TV show, which is like really
2: funny and silly. I'm sure you'd like that as a Chris okay. Pratt fan. I didn't like that he had a show, though. I feel like everyone was a little too successful, which I feel like is a problem when shows jump ahead. Yeah. but
1: <laughs> I'm sure I'd get used to it, though. Yeah but it was it It, was a weird shift it's weird because they do like the success thing where you know even like Tom's restaurants turned out well but like they also do a bunch of weird future things too like there are evil drones (laughs) everywhere and uh basically like a Facebook stand-in has taken over the town Mm. um it's set in 2017 right so we're still not there yet but close it's close uh, God what else happens You've, Bill Murray finally shows up For, Over the course of the whole show They're were like we're not going to show the mayor Unless we can get Bill Murray to play the mayor And he does And it's pretty brief He's like dead right Yeah <laughs>
2: um,
1: Werner Herzog shows up
2: That was good I appreciated that This weird creepy house <laughs> We're like a guy who worked in like a doll factory. Like lived in it and went insane. For an hard talking, anything's good. Yeah.
1: Uh, I guess the the real joy of the season though is like they did a few year time skip, so you could they could like pre settle all the dangling plots. Like Leslie was pregnant at the end of the last season, and so at the beginning of this one, it's years later, and they had the triplets, and they just overwhelmed his parents uh but basically everything gets wrapped up and then they do the finale which takes place over many years following 2017 so it's like it's like a a bow on top of a gift that was already wrapped up you know you get you to see how everything ends including like deep sea exploration and whatever else <laughs> insane future stuff is going on <laughs> Quite a fond farewell for fans of the show. Although probably a bizarre experience for people that hadn't been watching.
0: Uh on to review. This uh <laughs> this was a crazy show this season. That's a bad sentence. But uh yeah yeah i i it was interesting to see after that first season where this uh show about a guy reviewing life experiences on a star system uh basically had his whole life upended by it his wife left him and he became
1: uh let's be clear he left his wife did he i don't remember what happened but one of one of the reviews he did was getting divorced <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think it's important to remember that force McNeil, the main character of review, um is ruining his own life and everyone's life around him. It's not like it's sure it is the show, but it's also his like insanely strict interpretation of the show. It's true <laughs> he's uh, so uh,
0: dedicated to it. <laughs>
1: Like, the finale this season is basically everyone involved in the show going, like... We enjoy what you do for us, but we are not trying to make you just wreck everything. And, of course, he does. And, of course, he takes the Hannibal way out.
0: And it was just fun that... It seemed like pretty much every review he gave this season was a half star out of 5
1: <laughs> it has the uh the blackest comedy moment I, I i mean the darkest whatever the it's black comedy but i don't think you can call it the blackest comedy moment that's, that's racist here. uh the, the 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 darkest moment i can think of in a comedy where he has to review murder mm-hmm.
0: Some heavy shit. The show isn't always funny. Like sometimes shit just gets like so real. But like I'm still kind of about it, even when it
1: does go. That I, I think dark. it just
0: makes it great. Yeah.
1: I mean it, it helps to think that like the same universe where that happens is also the one where he gets various cosmetic surgeries and implants <laughs> to look like the most muscular man who ever lived. <laughs> Is that review what it's like to have a perfect body? A perfect body, yeah. (laughs) He's got, like, glowing teeth. (laughs) It's just (laughs) nuts. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, a lot of great visual gags. A lot of uh, wonderful collateral damage. Like uh, when he's living as a little person and he accidentally burns down his dad's house and he's... (laughs) Like he's he's living as a little person like dwarf style where he's like just going around on his knees. It's like, and he can't reach the fire extinguisher. <laughs> and he could like his, his his dad's house is burning down and he could save the day. But because of his commitment to the show <laughs> he lets it all go. How many stars? Four and a half for me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, four and a half out of five stars for review.
1: How many stars did you give Rick and Morty, John?
2: A lot, probably. Like I said in my review, it's one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen. It opened with one of the most confusing pieces of science fiction I've ever seen, where there's all the different... Like dimensions, everything got split up. That was that one was hard to watch, actually.
1: If you remember that one, yeah, I mean we are HD over here. We can see it all. I'm, I didn't
2: say I couldn't see it. I'm just saying it was like it's hard to focus on HD. But now there's some there's some pretty great episodes um, this season. Uh, there was, let's see, what were some of? Them? I, I mentioned the hive mind one is one I liked. That's actually pretty sad, but there's some like really funny bits too. Where I remember Rick is like gonna dive into a football stadium dressed as Uncle Sam, is gonna have a giant orgy, <laughs> and the whole audience is his dad. So they're just going, "Son, son, son!" He's like, "I want you!" And then he just dives into it this huge orgy like that was a pretty good one and then the one where there's all the uh, people in their house that are like supposed to be, like beloved friends but there's like this parasite that's making like fake memories of all these these characters so they can't really differentiate who's who and who they can trust like that one was pretty funny and there was Get swifty, which wasn't which was okay but had that great song and when they explored like what powers Rick's ship
1: that was a good one that one had like the best running gag of the ways that the ship was going to protect Summer
2: oh god that show could be so dark <laughs> cause you know she had to keep limiting it's like you can't kill people but then it's like that, that guy who like can't walk cause his like spine gets ripped out And then there's that guy who has to, like, relive the death of his son. Daddy. And he just (laughs) dies before him. Oh, my God. So dark. I know there's some other really dark comedy bits. Or just, like, weird comedy bits this season. Remember that weird game that Morty played where you, like, live someone's whole life? It's like the life of Roy (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) And he like dies, like he got like cancer in it, and he has, you know. I so
1: I up. love when he comes out of that, uh, and Rick goes, "You beat cancer, and you went back to the carpet factory." <laughs> Just and then, of course, when Rick plays, <laughs>
2: this guy's going off the, the, the grid, <laughs> Roy. He doesn't have a secu- like a social security mm-hmm. number, Or anything. Um. This, was this to see. that this also had Jermaine Clement, right? Yeah. As fart. <laughs> that great song, Goodbye, Moonman. That was the same episode as Roy. Goodbye,
1: Moonman.
2: This season makes make me feel a lot of things, despite the fact that it's disgusting and, like, s- super, like, weird. That ending was super weird. Like, I don't know where the show is supposed to go now. And it really pissed me off at the end. They had Mr. Poopy Butthole to be like, "We'll see, you, like, again in like a year and a half, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Like, I don't know how long we're gonna have to wait. I have no idea where this show can go. But I also kind of like the fact that it's so bold. I mean, this is a show where in the first season they essentially destroyed their universe and had to start over in another one because they just made a problem that was so big they couldn't fix it (laughs) like it'll go to those kinds of places so I think that's what keeps it so like interesting is that you don't feel like there's any limitations and somehow it's a sci-fi show that doesn't do time travel which is the one easiest thing it could do which I have mass respect for probably also because they want to steer away from all the back to the future stuff
1: yeah the fact that they, they just look like that. And the show is really called Doc and Marty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's become its own thing, definitely.
1: Yeah. And, and the rest of the ensemble, by the way, also really stepped up this year. Uh, Summer wasn't a running character I particularly enjoyed in the first season, and she was great in season two. And more hilarious Morty's parents' action. Jerry, than... yeah. Jerry and... They,
2: they don't have Jerry off of, like, Jerry World or whatever.
1: <laughs> it's good. Uh, Silicon Valley is about computers and stuff. 2015, right? Am I right, guys? Hey!
2: <laughs> yeah. It is about computers and stuff. It'll be interesting to see how it holds up over the years. Probably fairly well because it's a smart show. That's the thing about Silicon Valley. I feel like you can never talk about it because... I mean, I can remember the broad comic bits, I guess. But, like, I feel like it's just such a, a great satire of a world that I don't really know that much about because, you know, I'm not, I don't work in Silicon Valley or in the tech world. But I so appreciate the jabs they take
1: at those kinds of people. They're like, you know, we
2: just want to make the world a better place.
1: Everybody does. And Nobody knows how to do it, though.
2: And I mean, this season had some great additions. Russ Hanneman... So great This guy fucks This guy fucks Or when like they think Like, like he gets his money back And they think that he uh, Bought them like a car He's like wait no this is for me <laughs> like, I want, He wanted to show them the car he bought for He himself. drove
0: there with a giant bow on it <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or the fact that he's the one that made things complicated in the first place when they're doing that big uh, data transfer from that, like, porn company, and he just, like, put his stupid comma drink, like, on the keyboard, which is deleted, like, gigs and gigs. Uh, this show can be frustrating because, like, these guys are so talented, and it seems like they never succeed. But at the same time, it's like, well, as soon as they do, well, that kind of wrecks the show. Yeah, I don't, so I don't it's, it's kind of weird. I don't want them to succeed. I wouldn't mind them succeeding for like one season, as long as it totally falls apart. Yeah, I I mean that's what this
1: season was, right?
2: Yeah, but I mean even more so. (laughs) It makes sense, you know. A lot of these tech
0: companies, even if they have some mild success, there's there's no insurance that it's gonna sustain itself for a long time. Yeah, could work.
2: Just great cast. I love the cast so much. They're all great. I mean, Jared's favorite character. I like everybody. I, I feel like it's the one like uh, project out of all the projects I've ever seen T.J. Miller in where I feel like he's best suited because he's such a dick in basically everything he's in mm-hmm. And but I feel like in this he's a total dick but it doesn't always like work out for him as much And he's kind of pathetic <laughs> remember how much he idolizes Russ Hanneman Russ Hammond doesn't even like pay attention to him at all I thought that was a great kind of you know, put down for him
1: And he redeems himself in the end by being willing to code again. Yeah. Sorry, Silicon Valley spoilers. I guess as we're getting into spoilers we should talk about Transparent. Thought you were going to say Transformers, Sean? That's you, the audience, saying that, and me, I reply to you.
2: (laughs) Sean, are you sad the next Transformers is Michael Bay's last? (laughs) It's a swan song.
1: Uh, I don't know if sad does my feelings justice. (laughs)
2: What's it going to be without him? Why does it have to be
0: anything without him?
2: <laughs> they got to keep it going. cuz yes,
1: they make so much money, but it's like, who cares? What was the, China! What was the last time the sixth sequel to a franchise was suddenly the good one?
2: You mean aside from Fast and Furious?
1: Fast and Furious turned around <laughs> on number one. First one was good. Allegedly. I mean, Creed was the
0: best Rocky movie in a while. But also kind of wasn't a Rocky movie.
1: Yeah, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Transparent's second season was all about... Um, it, it was a statement of like where an ensemble show were about these characters, not just the themes that the first season were about. Of course, they still touch on what it's like to transition and what it's like to transition uh, later in life and what it's like to be a woman and what it's like to be gay uh, and all the the big feminist ideas that were a part of the first season but for me the second season was especially about these are our characters we're going to spend our time on their specific circumstances um, and that worked a lot better than even the first season for me. Like um, Josh wasn't a character I really cared about at all in the first season because he's just like, I'm like a music guy, I'm just banging my brains out, and then <laughs> for some reason I'm gonna fall in love with a rabbi. Um, Fucking Joshy. But this season focused on uh, his like desperate attempts to be a father and to be a husband and how ill-equipped he is to do that because he's so insanely narcissistic um, that he just kind of destroys everything he wants by wanting it too much which is so sad and so relatable, right? Like, uh, uh, w- like the, the most cringe inducing scene of the whole year for me was on Transparent uh, it's a proposal scene where Josh is just like why don't you trust me I told you I was gonna do this it's, it's the worst reaction <laughs> to being proposed to you'll ever see
2: I always have to ruin a moment
1: but you like you understand where he's coming from you understand why that's complicated for him Even though he's just blowing it. And most normal humans would not react that way, obviously. But that's okay. Also, there's the weird historical flashback stuff. Which they never explain explicitly. Although you can certainly... Like, as long as you're paying attention to names, (laughs) you'll know what it's about. Um... And I wonder if that kind of will come into the third season, assuming there is one, uh, or if that was enough just in season two. So it wasn't enough for me. It's cool that it
0: is about someone transitioning into a a different gender, and it's like all of the characters sort of mirror that kind of transition, because it's like everybody else is... Trying so desperately to change, and some of them are pulling it off, but for the most part, not
1: really. And it's, uh, yeah, it's about people finding themselves. Yeah, I wonder who you're thinking of when you say someone's pulling it off. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Never mind, (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying stuff (laughs) No one's pulling it off Another character in a deep kind of transition Is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt
2: You know it's a good funny show When when you start thinking about it All you want to do is just start quoting it Because it is so quotable Like 30 Rock, it very much has that kind of joke A second, joke a minute kind of feel to it that I just feel like makes it super watchable and I think uh, that especially works because the characters are so good Kimmy's great and Titus Andromedon, Lillian um Xanthopee
1: <laughs> did you like Xanthopee
2: I liked their interactions where he's like you know she's like uh, you bitch and Kimmy's like a female dog the thing that makes puppies nice compliment <laughs> It's <laughs> a lot of great minor characters too. Remember that weird like rich guy who was like that. that what was it? There's like a whole like movie like fancy boy or whatever.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Is this that guy who lived it was, this really rich boy. sheltered life? Yeah, he's told Daddy's Boy And at the end of the episode they show a clip from a movie Called Daddy's Boy Presented by Robert Osborne (laughs) But it's only like three minutes long Because the whole crew quit in the middle of it Like that character was like hilarious My parents are blimping into town tomorrow. Or like how he grew up like speaking British (laughs) But I think Titus is probably my favorite character when he's working for that weird spooky restaurant and, like, he's a werewolf and he talks about how he got, like, treated better as a werewolf than he ever did, like, as a black person. And there's that episode where he's, like, afraid because he's, like, getting, like, old and he just walks around in a Cosby sweater. <laughs> and he's, you know, talking about, like, black, gay, and old. I don't even know what box I check off on the hate <laughs> crime form. Like, he's... I'm such a breakout character. And there's just... uh, They're just just so funny. And John Hamm was such a nice little surprise here at the end. The
1: Reverend Richard Wayne Gary Wayne.
2: The worst, like, DJ... The worst wedding DJ in Dernsville County. But he's so charming. Everybody likes him. He's doing the courtroom sketch. (laughs) And reads from the good book. The Andromeda screen.
1: (laughs) believe that was my favorite joke of the whole year. (laughs) I've only read one book. The good book. The Andromeda Strain by Michael Crane.
2: Sometimes my favorite jokes are the ones I don't even kind of notice the first go around. Like, I think one of the times I laughed the hardest was just one time Kimmy walks in uh, and, like, a maid says, there's a girl here who looks like Wendy's old-fashioned hamburgers. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I had to, like... You know, rewind it and think I was the power of Netflix and check that out again. Because you can miss so much. I think this is a great, it's great that this is on Netflix as opposed to NBC. I really like just sitting down and watching all of it and then being, being able to instantly go back and rewatch the moments that I liked.
1: Yeah, it's weird to get a, like, proper sitcom in this format. I can't think of another sitcom. That did this. I mean, because there's all probably been a point in our lives where,
2: you know, you take a weekend or a couple of weeks to just like, you know, I'm just going to re watch one of my favorite shows and you'll just watch, like, you'll just binge watch Dirty Rock or, like, Seinfeld or something. But now you can do it with a new show on the first weekend it's out if you like it. Is, I'm just going to watch this all weekend. That's a pretty cool feeling.
1: Yeah. Even if real it's been, like, cool. 10
2: episodes not really sure what emotion that
0: was. What were you? It seemed like half sarcastic, oh, half like, this is, is just the way we live now. <laughs> I
1: mean, 2015,
2: it is a little man. distressing, because
0: like, when we talk about all these shows, we're having to remember, like, what was that, <laughs> what happened this season, like, due to the fact that we watched them all hey. over the course of a week. And the fact that we've watched a
1: lot of TV this year because a lot of it is good, but. and our strong commitment to not researching things for the podcast—sure, oh, really strong. Let's not undersell that, <laughs> except for during the podcast where you can hear us typing away <laughs> at Wikipedia. <laughs> so we've got a list to make. My favorite part of the show—no one else's. Uh, I took Daredevil off while we were talking because only I watched it. Anything else you want to bump? We gotta, we gotta lose more. Like, I mean, six more. with this one, it's like we can just do math, right? We just like look at, <laughs>
0: look at where these placed on all of our lists, and just like add up the numbers and just piece piece but of cake. Bump, uh... I guess we could just bump anything that was only on one of our lists, right? Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna say. Game of Thrones because sixty-two percent. Of the season was
1: great. <laughs> See, just throwing out statistics. Sixty-two is a weird number because it, it was a ten-episode season. You could probably easily. It was an
2: eight-episode season, wasn't
1: it? That seems unusually short. I thought it were always ten-episode seasons.
2: Maybe it was ten. But it's like not all of those episodes were good. Maybe there's some good moments in those episodes, so you have to divide yeah. it up.
1: And that's right. It's like well, the Daenerys part's boring, but Jon's... Oh, I mean, there
2: was ten. For some reason, I thought there was eight.
1: Because episode eight was the one you care about,
2: so then only only like fifty percent was not good. That's still more than was good. And then uh, so that
0: justified and Parks and Rec were only on mine because I was like, I like these shows, and they ended, so I'm gonna put them on my list. And the Americans is only
1: on mine. Yep. That's twelve. And
2: we have to move on to the shows that are only on two lists. Okay, unless well, unless, it's, Fargo. unless it's
0: unless <laughs> it's like yeah, a case like Fargo where they're both number one on my and Sean well, Sean's clearly. list. Clearly, it's number one. Though. Um, then there are probably a few that are like on all our lists but lower down,
2: like Broad City. But just, just make Fargo one. I just haven't seen it, like seen it. I just saw the first one. First episode. <laughs>
1: All right, we're going unorthodox. We're going to start with number one. <laughs> <laughs> Work we still have to down. decide even which the number the the other nine will be. Nonetheless, what order they'll be in. I mean, you only saw Hannibal, but that was oh right, two yeah, sorry, on forgot list. that was still on the list. But it was
0: high on yours. I don't know if uh, that counts.
1: I, no, I I don't mind the anything. if only one of us put on the list thing. Okay. So I think one more, and we're good.
2: I haven't actually seen your list yet. It's Broad City on it. Yeah, it's like number nine. I think it's low on mine too. So that's kind of. I think it's on
1: Saul on yours.
0: No, because I've only watched half of the first season. I'm working on it right now, but I couldn't finish it in time. That that was was my number
2: nine, and I think Broad City was my number eight. Seven. I mean,
1: I could tell you, of the ones that are here Not on my list were Broad City and I Broad City was on yours Sounds honorable mention mm-hmm. Honorable mention And uh, Master of None wasn't on mine Nathan, for you, wasn't on mine Are you sure? I remember all of these being on your list <laughs> I think they well, got honorable, honorable mention My memory's a bit hazy, apparently uh, let's see, Review was on mine, Rick and Morty was on mine, Silicon Valley wasn't on mine, um, Transparent was on mine, Kimmy Schmidt was on mine, okay, did any of those jump out to you as like, oh, that was like barely on mine? I mean, Silicon Valley was
0: number 10 on mine, but it was John's number 2, I believe, which is pretty high, it's got a great theme song. I still uh, have to cut one It's
1: probably Silicon oh. Valley or Broad
0: City It sounds like
1: so, Well, Unless there's one of the ones that was on mine That wasn't on one of yours No all these
0: Ones that are left Were on either mine or John's Or yours
2: well, re- Review is the only one that wasn't here That wasn't on mine But I know it was pretty high So. Yes. But just so we know where everything stands it's Like right in the middle for me you guys can take out Silicon Valley if you want. Mayor, mayor, mayor. As long as Master of None is high. On the list. As high as a blimp. Uh,
1: okay. Right. I'm giving my
2: executive order.
0: Mm hmm. Where do you want, Sean?
1: Yeah, okay. That's nine. So, gotta put them in uh, in the math. (laughs) Gotta put them in the math.
2: Math it up. I think that's what Stephen Hawking says before he gets to work.
0: (laughs) Gotta put them in the math.
2: Time for math.
1: Yeah, it takes him a long time to type stuff out, so he has to be efficient (laughs) with language.
2: It's like time for math. You see, that doesn't make sense because if it takes him a lot of time to be efficient, <laughs> then why would he say something that sounds so efficient?
1: Well, you know, he comes in and, like, all his employees like, Oh, Mr. Hawking, what shall we do today? We'll all patiently await your orders. Oh,
0: he's got to be quick. Got to come up with something.
1: And, like, time and math. I mean, come on, Stephen Hawking, those are, like, at the very top of his, like, suggested words, right? <laughs> yeah. So it just says time math. Time math, and I was like, ah, oh, yes.
2: God, they would be like the worst class in school.
1: Time math—it's math, math that
2: exclusively based around time.
1: It's important math, though. it's Yeah, it's just not fun. All right, so should we push? Uh, 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 I guess review and Better Call Saul are ones that not only wouldn't make or didn't make one of our lists. But the other person, the person who did not list it didn't even finish it. (laughs) So would those be our bottom, our ten and nine?
0: Yes.
1: And I think I put Better Call Saul ahead of review, so I guess I put review at ten. Okay. Okay. (laughs) so from this point on, everybody's seen all these shows, right? Yeah. So we can't make any uh, any arguments, except that some of them weren't on some people's lists. Yeah, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt didn't
0: end up okay. on mine. Didn't end up on his. <coughs> but I um, like it. I guess it just didn't make the list because I feel like it could probably get even
1: better in the coming seasons alright so let's think this out so Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt wasn't on yours Uh, Nathan for you wasn't on mine Broad City also wasn't on mine um but they were all on John's list right Mm mhm so we've got, let's, let's, I guess, put those three next Broad City, Nathan, Kimmy Schmidt.
0: I think Broad City was lower on both mine and John's, so let's put it. Here's my
1: number here's eight. my number nine. So let's go with eight for Broad City. Yeah. Uh, and then seven for Kimmy Schmidt because it wasn't on your list,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I guess. Yes. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Nathan for you it wasn't on mine, but I gave it an honorable mention. Did you give it an honorable mention? What? Kimmy Schmidt? Yeah, I did. Oh, fuck. Okay. So. <laughs> that batters. <clears throat> they both got honorable mentions for me. Or no, Kimmy Schmidt was on my list. Even for you got an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. So John Tiebreaker, I guess. Which is seven, which is six.
2: I mean, I like Kimmy Schmidt better. <coughs> personally. I feel like it was so good.
1: Pretty well reviewed. So I'm gonna put Nathan for you at seven, and Kimmy Schmidt at six. <laughs> I like That's it. That's fine. Go for it. All right. That leaves us five through two. We've got Mad Men, Master of None, Rick and Morty, Transparent. Feel like we've lived up to our bargain. <laughs> Master of None is in the top five.
2: Mad Men's only half a season. It's also my number 10. Just get the S- it's my number 2. Well, I haven't seen your list yet because it won't load. <laughs> Whose fault is that? It's my computer's fault. I think my internet. I think It wouldn't happen if I'd won Powerball. <laughs> I could just buy the internet.
1: Number 4, I think, on my list. Which, to be fair, puts it behind Rick and Morty. <clears throat> but ahead of uh transparent. Yeah, you can put the Mad Men next.
0: If you feel so inclined.
1: I mean if I'm being honest, the one I would I would put next is Master of None. But John seems really mm. passionate about it.
2: Just as America was.
0: Uh, be like, can... that's the defense John always uses on these <laughs> podcasts when he's got his back against the wall he's be, he'll be like but America <laughs> likes this
2: so come on I have so many people on my side
1: <laughs> It's a great show I liked it too it Best was, it was my
2: year. number six it's pretty high just had a very Aziz and Zeri year because I his, his book was probably my favorite book of the year as well
1: I read his book too,
0: and I really liked
2: it.
1: Okay, so that, that matters. Five.
2: <laughs> yeah, where's Don Draper's yeah. book? Don D- Draper's Guide to Drinking.
1: How to Get It Done. Every time you go to a bookstore or turn on a TV or read a magazine, you're reading Don Draper's book. Gosh,
2: they should just make they should make a Don Draper book that's just like these great monologues. I'd read that. About products, I guess.
1: (laughs) Products that went out of business in the 80s. (laughs) Alright. Master of None, Rick and Morty, Transparent. Gee.
2: Don't write a nail myself. You can put Master of None next if you really... You must. <laughs> Just remember, Sean. <Shad>, America. <laughs> They're all. You saying
1: America them. doesn't like transparent or Rick and Morty?
2: Just saying America has made a choice.
1: <laughs> You're speaking of master of none as like like it was this huge it's cultural a movement.
0: phenomenon. Everybody's talking about it. Moms, dads, grats. No, I know it wasn't. It's just... They all
2: love it. It's probably. I mean, it, Transparent's probably uh, the most. The, I'd say the biggest show of these three left. And maybe. Maybe most important? I don't know how popular Rick and Morty is. I don't know if it's still in this kind of niche spot. Now, Rick and, and Morty's sure. huge. It's, okay, so it's pretty big. So that's. It's, yeah, you can put Master Nun next. <laughs> We're going in terms of America. it's now the deciding factor. That's important factor. to me. It's important to me to, like, what the people say. Because the people's voice should be heard oh. sometimes.
1: Sometimes.
2: In terms of good television, they're usually right. I mean, what's a show that gets really good views at? But is that when you watch it, you're like, it's fucking terrible. Everything
0: on CBS. It's not that many.
2: Maybe. Wait it gets like gets reviews. good
0: reviews? Nah, that's not I didn't I, I wasn't concentrating on what you were saying. Just concentrating on America. Yeah. Just, I, I meant like in terms it's of like good
2: reviews and you're like this fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen shows like like IZombie and Teen Wolf and Vampire Diaries.
1: John, those are getting like, good reviews by sixteen year olds. <laughs>
2: They're probably, like, people that already were, like, gonna love it before it came on. Or, like, the... I don't understand i zombie, because that was... I don't know. I watched one episode. It was terrible.
1: Are you a zombie?
2: It's got, like, a 92% of Rotten Tomatoes. What is it No. It's not freaking man. Zombies... There, no one's a zombie, Sean. Plus... Uh I don't know. I I gotta
1: know. Let me look at my iPad here. Going into the subreddit for zombies...
2: TV zombies
1: (coughs) Uh, Rick and Morty was higher on my list than Transparent What about you, John?
2: Uh, I don't think it was It was like 3 and 4 I don't know, doesn't matter
1: What about you, Carl? Wasn't on my list Which one? Neither? Uh, Rick and Morty wasn't on my list Okay, so Transparent was on your list, Rick and Morty wasn't. Mm -hmm. Transparent was higher than Rick and Morty on John's list. Sounds like that means Transparent's number two.
0: That's what it sounds like to me. Do the math. Do the math, man.
1: Time for math. So, our top ten TV shows of 2015, which is the way lame people say it. 2015 shows, baby! Number ten, review number nine. Better Call Saul, number 8, Broad City, number 7, Nathan For You, number 6, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, number 5, Mad Men, number 4, Master of None, number 3, Rick and Morty, number 2, Transparent, and number 1, Fargo. you got to go far to watch Fargo, John. It's real good. Uh, in lieu of plugging mildlypleased.com. Since David Bowie died this week, I'll just say you should go listen to David Bowie albums. If you ever do anything we ask you to do on this podcast, do that one. He's uh, really great, and I miss him a bunch. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Take a look at the... Oh man, feeding of the wrong guy. Oh
0: man, wonder if you'll ever know. Who's in the best selling show? Is there life?